This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, will we outlast two the others, or will we shit our pants? Cue the music! And welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always are the Destructo Bros. The younger, better looking half of the Destructo Bros, Nate. Hey, it's Billy, the one that can grow a beard. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's spooky season. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hooray! Um, it's the most you guys- wonderful time of the year. Fear! It's so freaky and spooky, your pants fill with dookie, let out a cheer. <laughs> okay, you're back on, you're back on. I thought that the, the intro sucked ass, but you're, you're back, you're good. Uh, I didn't see a spooky dookie rom coming, and I'm very pleased with that. I normally, yeah, and plus we're all together ooky. So, like, I, ah! I feel like normally I plan... Like what I'm gonna say for the intros, and I just forgot to do that today because today's been stressful. So. You're good, dude. Yeah. Anyway, um, gentlemen, how have you been this past week? It's only been a week. It's been less than a week. It's been less than a week since we had six you know, days. Since we had the late recording on the last one. This one's even a little late too. But <laughs> the last one was really late because of hurricanes and fun stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I've just been dabbling in a few video games lately. I was like. After Trails, which is a game that leaves you with a gigantic video game hangover, it's hard to find the next thing that you want to dive into just for yourself. So I started playing around with a few things. I got this weird itch for some reason, and I saw that this was on sale on GOG, so I went ahead and picked up Diablo. Like, old school, original PC Diablo. And you know what? It holds up better than I would have expected it to. I just think the problem with it is it's really slow. Like, your movement in that game is super slow. See, and that's what I like more about Diablo 2. And that's what Dave from Tadpog, shout out Tyler and Dave Play All Games, didn't like about Diablo 2. He liked the slow, prodding movement of Diablo. Whereas in Diablo 2, you can just scoot around, running around, and kill shit. But I think Diablo 2 these days, you have to buy it through Blizzard. Gotcha. Um, And I don't even know if you can buy the original anymore. Because they did that uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Diablo 1 is fun, though. Did you Were you able to kill the butcher? I didn't make it too far. I made it to the butcher, and the butcher killed me. And that's about the time that I was like, yeah, this was fun. This is like a, definitely a um, nostalgia trip, because I remember playing this back on PlayStation back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, this is a fun game, but like I didn't have the drive to want to play it much further. It kind of made me want to play more Diablo-like games, more like Grim Dawn and maybe Torchlight. And it's so funny because me and Willie tried to play Torchlight. We were, we were like, yeah. yes, we're finally going to do this. Because like, I was playing Diablo. I was like, let's do this Torchlight thing because like, we have a million free Steam keys for Torchlight. So if you want a Torchlight copy, hit me up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so Willie and me both log in. We're like, all right, let's do this thing. Then we do the um, intro and everything. Like, all right, now how do we make it multiplayer? And, and it's not. Yeah. It, 
As it turns out, the sequels are multiplayer, but the original Torchlight is a single-player-only experience. Yeah, so that was a sad little disappointing moment, because me and Willie were getting hyped about ready to go dungeon crawling and slicing and magicking things. It just didn't happen for us. It was sad. There's always Grim Dawn, yeah. at least. There is always Grim Dawn. It's a, Grim Dawn's good, man. And, like, hold on. Let me just go look real quick. Because Grim Dawn... Yeah. Grim Dawn is now our third most listened to episode. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, crazy. Wow. Uh, Maybe one of these days we should just do a Grim Dawn part two and be like, hey, we played deeper I into mean, the game. I wouldn't be against I, it. Yeah, me neither. Just as an excuse to play Grim Dawn for a yeah. couple weeks. And, and, and just for other, like, ridiculousness, our fifth most listened to episode, Graveyard Keeper. Weird. They like the spook? <laughs> hey, that's really what I've like been considering games. getting back to. Yeah, that's true. What was that, Willie? That's actually a game I've been considering picking up and starting to play again now that it's this season, just because it feels like, like you said, Trails leaves you with a bit of a gaming hangover, so I didn't want one where it's like right hopping back into an epic story. I wanted one where I could just do a few concrete goals at a time, and that felt like a good pick for it, so oh, yeah. I might get back into that. I don't know how far any of us got into it, but, you know, and uh, I feel like we were still in somewhere between the tutorial and Act 1 in the game. Yeah, I, I feel like that that's games like Stardew Valley where you can sink a lot of time into yeah. it. Um, and Willie, you'll be happy to know that Kerbal Space Program is in the top 10 now. Nice. I'm surprised, but pleased. Especially because I feel like, although we did enjoy the game, I don't think we played it too much depth. Like, it was more along the lines of we definitely enjoyed it as a uh, a chaos simulator more than a yeah. uh, science lesson. Okay, but to, to, to be fair, we're all stupid. <laughs> it's a good game for being stupid in like, like it's great it, it shows you the consequences of your stupidity really fast and all your characters are stupid yeah it's that's fun. why like that and planet coaster were a lot of fun because we just got to be idiots <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah absolutely like there are games you can become like phd geniuses in but if you want to play them like idiots they're still very satisfying yeah i had a lot of fun being like i'm gonna download this ship from the workshop and see if i can get it to fly <laughs> nine times out of ten the answer was no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they would explode on takeoff and it was fantastic to watch though <laughs> and i dude shout out to kerbal though like some of the explosions from some of those ships would slow my computer the fuck down and like <laughs> i don't have a graphics card to scoff at you know what i mean like yeah. fuck and then there were some ship there was one ship that i just loaded the ship in and it just cranked down to like five frames a second and i was like how many fucking parts are on this thing jesus amazing I guess it's the fact that East Park's Junction probably has its own physics, so it might not even be a GPU thing. It might actually be the uh, CPU processing the physics. Oh, yeah, then I I do know that my my CPU is a couple generations old, like 2018 or something like that. Uh, CPU is the weak spot of my computer ever since you sent me that sick-ass graphics card. I don't know much about computer parts. I'm just happy mine works. (laughs) 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 Oh. I was going to say, you just like being able to play Minecraft with shaders on. I'm like, actually, Nate's never played Minecraft. I before. am the weirdo that's never played oh. Minecraft. Oh, no. Willie's got an idea. We're doing a Minecraft episode Nothing. soon. Don't, yes. may, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> don't, get, don't, don't get too excited. Just maybe 2020. My, uh, my Game Pass version of, or I guess the Microsoft Store version or whatever of uh, Minecraft that I have. Um, I have a official dlc that's the uh disneyland where you can go yeah. around and ride the rides and then you can get signatures from all the different characters and stuff and i've been meaning to do that on a stream but since i don't stream on twitch anymore 
even though I should stream on Twitch just enough to make that hundred dollars so I could pull that hundred dollars out and then call it a day. Be like, hey, I made money. That's cool. But <laughs> I've been enjoying doing stuff in the Discord. Like, and people can just pop in and yeah. check it out if they want. You know, it's been fun. The fun thing about Discord streaming too is you can do it as a voice chat, or now that they've integrated a uh, text chat into Discord, like voice chats, we can just all mute ourselves in text chat like it's a Twitch too, but like a private Twitch of just the gang. And it's it's been yeah, really cool. That, and, and I can like I can just randomly sing while I'm trying to keep myself calm while playing a scary game. <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> and not funny. worry about getting in trouble. Oh man! Oh. But other than Diablo, a couple other games that. I started playing. I played. So I started these about yeah. the same, on the same day, and like they had similar aesthetics and they looked really cool. They were both kind of like these metally type games. One's called Slain Back from Hell, which, by the way, goes on. It's going to be free on Epic Games next week, so pick it up because it's pretty cool. And the other one was called Valfaris. Valfaris. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but they're both these cool like metal type games. Like Slain is more like a hack and slash, not like hack and slash, but like kinda. I don't know how to describe it, but it's this brutal, brutal, like, 2D platformer where you have a sword and the monsters are crazy. And then Valferis is another game. It's, like, very similar where it's always heavy metal music playing, but this is more like a run-and-gun, kind of like a combination between Contra and Metroid in a lot of ways. It's not a Metroidvania. It's just a 2D platforming side-scroller, but it's really, really fun. Um, but so I've been playing both these games and like I started with Slain. I was like having a great time with it. I got this achievement called get used to it the first time I died and it said die once. So I was basically saying you're going to die a lot. <laughs> Later that day I was like, all right, let's follow. I fire up this Valferis game, see what it's like. I die one time. I get this achievement. Get used to it. <laughs> And I was like, hold on, did I get the same achievement in both games? So I ended up looking it up, and I had no idea that these games were by the same developer, like Steel Mantis, to develop both of them. And the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense, because they are both these heavy metal soundtracks with this vibe of just kill things and have fun. <laughs> and like, um, I like them both a yeah. lot, but I think Valferis is better. It's not as hard or brutal or unforgiving as Slain. It has some really cool mechanics. Like, if you're into side-scrolling shooters like Contra at all, I'd give it a shot. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I've pers- I've played Slain before. Uh, I think I... It's funny. I think I have mentioned it to you guys, like, months ago. Just, like, uh, you were playing something. Yeah. And I was and I was talking about how mm-hmm. the, the graphical... I really like the graphical style of Slain. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. really, it's a really cool pixel art, but also not I, you yeah. know what i'm saying like there's like a weird 3d effect i don't know you'd have to see it uh what well nate knows but um is it is it like dead cells where they do like the uh 3d render but then use the f- like filters to make it look like pixel art that's or, what Valferis is, is like, like uh, i think that okay. slain is like a little bit behind that as far as graphic style but yeah that's kind of that idea uh i just real quick i wanted speaking of funny like first death uh achievements when I was playing New World and I got killed for the first time, I got an achievement called Death One. Now, what have we learned? <laughs> and, and the description says, die for the first time. Well, surely well, that won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Uh, what about you, Willie? What you been up to, brother? 
Um, so, uh, one of the things I've been looking at lately is I've been just, because my ankle's been goofed up, I haven't been wanting to put a lot of thought into what I've been doing, so I've been kind of looking into some idle games, and I ended up looking up a bunch of forks of a really moddable idle game called The Prestige Tree. I started playing, like, seven of them at the same time, because they're all browser-based, and the ones I ended up sticking with are, uh, are they both by the same guy? Hold on, let me check this real quick. No, okay. There's this one guy named PG132 that makes a bunch of pretty good ones, but the one I thought was the best, and I think I've actually played this one through before, but I've restarted it because it was actually really good. It's called um, The Prestige Chain. And I think if you Google that in quotes, if you find one that's got like the modding tree and PG132 in the URL, that's the right game. Um, it's just, um, it's, it's pretty cool. It's like uh, all these games in the series are like kind of abstract idle games that involve a lot of resetting and then a lot of different like components and layers like this layer resets every layer above it but then there's horizontally split off layers too um and even though that game doesn't have strong theming like the main theme is homophones like like if you look at a a group of upgrades for instance one of them will be called no like k-n-o-w and then the one next to it will be called no like n-o but like um I don't know, it just, it has really, really good pacing, and I feel like that's, like, everything for an idle game. is like, right when you want to, like, do something, get a new layer, get a new big upgrade, it's, like, two minutes away. And the other one I've been playing is by someone else. Uh, this one's called The Game Dev Tree, and like the name suggests, it's uh, themed about game development. So you start off with just, like, a, like a GitHub, and you keep updating the game until you get more... Uh, experience and cash and you could use those to get refactoring college enrollments and fame and those layers feed into different layers over time and that one's got a finite the thing about the game the prestige tree games is most of them are finite and have a complete ending like i am currently 90 percent of the way through uh the game dev tree for instance like i'm looking at the last upgrade the one that's like the win the game button and i just need this number to be uh 100 billion times bigger jesus <laughs> but you know all these yeah. games have the exponentiation so it, it, that's yeah that made me think of game dev tycoon and mm. just i love stuff like that like anything like the game dev stuff like so i might have to check that one out um if you'll send it to me board four yeah I can, I can get you a link to it it's uh but uh, the paper org slash game dev tree okay um but yeah, the, somebody we'll be bringing up later has mentioned to me before that if we ever do Game Dev Tycoon to let him know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a fun episode to do. See what uh, what all we could cook up. Sweet. That is absolutely a game I considered picking when I ended up picking. Uh, did you I did. pick Planet Coaster? Yeah. Yeah. When I picked Planet Coaster, I definitely wanted to do like some kind of bi- game with a business element to it that was kind of relaxing, and that was one of the ones I had highly considered. Hell yeah! Hell yeah, brother! Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. What have I been up to this week? Or these past few days? I guess I should give it up. Well, I guess I should give an update. Oh, on yes, please. Too, shouldn't I? Um, so, like, over the last few days, it's kind of gone from, you know, trouble putting any weight on it to I can walk on it as long as I have a cane and do that thing where you hold your leg way out and pull the ankle outside. Then as of yesterday, I've been able to kind of walk with it facing like with the ankle facing forward so both of my feet are in parallel but i could only step my feet together like take the bad foot forward then the good foot to it and over and over again uh, as of today i can now do that but the good foot can go like heel to toe in front of the back foot so it should be pretty soon that i'm close nice. to 100 percent. 
Well, that's good. That's good. I hope you start feeling better, like, 100% soon, because I know that that's got to be a pain in the ass trying to, like, get around. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's not even so much the pain, it's just the stiffness. That's what she said. <laughs> you want to walk us through that, nope. that one, though? It's not so much the pain, I, what that really means. Don't. We're just going to move on from that. <laughs> Dalton, how was your week, you buddy? one word and just... <laughs> You just ju- heard one word and jumped on it. <laughs> D minus. Uh, my week uh, or the past few days is it's been not not too bad. I uh, I streamed a little Outlast two in the Discord. Um, yeah. So I have to tell I have to tell this story on myself. So everyone's in there. They're watching me. They're all having a good time. Like there may, I, I like so I it was it like maybe five minutes. Before this happened, I said, I don't even think it was that long. Any moment now, my, my mom's going to come in here ready to burn and she's going to scare the shit out of me because I'm not going to notice her come in because the game was loud as fuck in my ears. Like, but I didn't know how the volume would be for you guys if I turned it down. So, like, I wanted y'all to be able to hear the game, too. So, bro, it was loud as fuck. So I wasn't hearing anything going on in my room. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as soon as I said that, yeah, not five minutes, maybe maybe two minutes. If if that, it might have been forty five seconds. I don't fucking know. All of a sudden, my mom just does this little finger tap on the back of my chair to let her let me know that she's there, and I <laughs> fucking jumped out of my life. Ah, motherfucker! Jesus fucking Christ! That was the highlight of my day. I thought you was a cultist, <laughs> dude. It it freaked the fuck out. There was a few things, the jump scares that freaked the fuck out of me, like the one you said. <laughs> if it would have been Twitch, you'd have clipped it when I turned around and that chick was there and I was like, ah, fuck you, bitch. Fuck, yeah. you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> uh, moments like that, I was glad it wasn't Twitch. <laughs> they flagged me for hate speech for being, just being like, fuck you, bitch. Oh my God, fuck you. Because she scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and you know what's stupid is when I was pulling that generator thing, and we'll touch on all this later, but like when I was pulling that generator thing, mm. I knew, surely, when the light, when the power kicks on, something's going to happen that's going to freak me out. <laughs> and it happened, and it did freak me out, even though I knew it was coming. It still scared the shit out of me. Motherfuckers. <laughs> that's a cool villain feeling in a game, though, where you're like, I know I don't want to push this button, because what's going to happen afterwards, I'm going to hate. <laughs> but I got to push the button. <laughs> and, there, and there's a moment like that in the very beginning of the game that we'll touch on once we get to it that I had with the, with the two when I first loaded it up. But, like, what else have I been doing? Um, playing some guitar. I've started uh streaming some guitar playing in Discord too. That's been fun. Um, in work, I've been working a lot. <laughs> you really have. Yeah, it's it's yeah. been kicking my ass, dude. Uh, then and at least like like I was telling you guys earlier, this particular schedule, I have Friday off. Saturday, I have to go in at six forty five in the morning. But then I'm off Sunday and Monday, so like I'm not taking anybody shift this week. I'm enjoying my days off. I wish I had. A, I ain't taking no shift from no one. Damn right. <laughs> Sorry, I just burp tastes like chili. Fucking, oh. It's that a John Wayne it. job. It's rough, it's <laughs> tough, and he's not going to take shifts from anybody. <laughs> howdy, howdy, partner. Would you like a bag with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like, you know who, you know who would win in a fight? John Wayne, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, because he's still alive. Wait, is he? I think yeah, so. Sam Elliott's yeah. still alive, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go Sam Elliott, even if he was alive, just because, like, I don't know. I like Sam Elliott. <laughs> Here's the thing. If Sam Elliott gives you that one big smile he does, you're not fighting him. It's, he's the most charming dude in the universe. Yeah, I will say I think John Wayne could probably beat him up, though, if it was an actual <laughs> fight. <laughs> but... John Wayne would beat him up and then start complaining about Indians or something. Right. <laughs> like, I definitely prefer. Like, don't get me wrong here. But. Oh, yeah. No, I get you. Like, John Wayne's like that old world style badass, like, don't take shit from nobody, tough leather skin. Although it could have all been an act. Who the fuck knows? He was an actor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you mean to tell me he wasn't a real cowboy? <laughs> Oh, anyways, um, other than that, dude, like I, I really haven't been up to much. Um, I've been like chatting uh, more with Megan and stuff, which has been nice and playing some uh, new world when I can to try to get some levels up on that, which, by the way, again, fishing in new world, way more fun than it has any right to be like I, I could totally see myself maxing my fishing before I ever max my like actual level. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's got level 99 fishing and just like he's wearing a leather loincloth. Yeah, out there like I'm out here, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute of it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, other than that, not much. Um, so I guess that just kind of like brings us to like, do you guys want to go ahead and talk about Outlast and then get into the other stuff? Yeah, let's rock and roll with it. Uh, I think I want to say before we get into the actual game, I just want to go ahead and put this up front that uh, as far as content warning goes, pretty much anything that might theoretically make you uncomfortable in a horror game is contained in this game. There's violence against women and children. There's sexual violence. There's religious trauma. There is a lot that goes on in this game. So if you think you're un- if you're likely to be uncomfortable with anything that might be touched on in a horror movie, you might want to skip ahead to the fan questions or something because this one isn't going to be a dark one. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, let me pull up the screenshot of the first, like the opening. Uh, it says Outlast 2 contains intense violence, gore, graphic sexual content, and strong language. Please enjoy. <laughs> Please enjoy. <laughs> Please, Please enjoy. enjoy. And then I also have some screenshots of some of the like notes. Yeah. But we can talk about that more later. The, I want to give the game this right off the bat. The writing, I don't know as much. I don't like as far as the story goes, Nate, you're going to touch. Nate is the only one of us that beat this, by the way. Like me and Willie dabbled, but Nate was pretty much like, I beat it. And like, y'all really don't have to. I'll tell you what happens. Like, don't worry about it. So yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but as far as like the writing and the letters and stuff you would find, it's pretty good. Compelling for what it was trying to do. And not that it would. There was a lot of character mm-hmm. voice in it that I thought was really like yeah. I thought, like you could tell different people. Honestly, I thought a really, really good job. Like when you found a letter from Val, it felt like a letter from Val, especially Val. Agreed, agreed, full agreed. Val was definitely the most interesting character I saw so far. Uh, but I guess that means that that seems like a good reason to segue right into the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit or our beloved O Dubs. Why, yes, yes, it would. Silky smooth. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that, my good sir. And that brings us to Outlast 2, style as, stylized as Outlast with instead of a T, it's an upside down cross. And then the two is like small Roman and up numerals. at the top, like a uh, like it's squared, but with a two, oh, yeah. a Roman numeral two. Uh, is a first person psychological horror survival video game developed and published by Red Barrels, which by the way, Red Barrels is a great name for a video game development company 
because of I'm worried if I shoot them they'll blow up. <laughs> a sequel to 2013's video game Outlast. The game features a journalist named Blake Langeman along with his wife Lynn roaming the Arizona desert to explore the murder of a pregnant woman known only as Jane Doe. Both get separated in a helicopter crash and Blake has to find his wife while traveling through a village inhabited by a deranged sect that believes the end of days are upon them. So that's pretty much the game was met with generally positive reception upon release with praise going towards the graphics, sound design and atmosphere. Criticisms were reserved for the general story, context, sensitive gameplay design, amount of gore and difficulty. A third installment in series called the Outlast Trials is set to be released sometime in 2022. So, first impressions, everyone. Do you want to, uh, let's see, let's start with Nate. <laughs> you put a real delay on that, my guy. <laughs> so, my first impression is, like, I thought this game starts off really strong. Like, the intro sequence really just, like, drops you in hardcore, and you're like, oh, it's already real. Like, it doesn't, there's not a lot of build-up. It's just, like, yeah, you're jumped right into the game, and it makes you feel like yeah. you're already in this horrifying situation. Um, like you said, I think the graphic and sound design's pretty good in this game. Um, I kind of didn't, and I don't think I really ever changed my opinion on this. Like, I didn't really care a whole lot for the first person perspective, how like Blake kind of controls through the game. Like, sometimes it just feels a little bit jolting and kind of stilted a little bit. But you know, for the most part, I felt like. Hey, this is at least going to be better than Blair Witch. <laughs> uh, I guess I have some contrasting views on that. Um, the one thing I definitely agree that the game gets right into it. Like you start off on a helicopter and it's like, okay, it's dead rising. I'm a reporter type person on a helicopter. And then no, like within five minutes, you've got flayed corpses. You've got something to go for. You're not just wandering around with your hand in your pants trying to figure out when the game begins. So I got to give it credit for that. Uh, I got to say right off the bat that I feel like one thing I'm learning really rapidly is I do not particularly enjoy this genre of first person perspective, um, horror games where you basically don't have any way to fight back so you're just hiding while your character sits around whining about how scared he is that being said i was super happy with how mobile this character is like he's kind of a phoebe he's just like a little camera guy dude whose like wife is a reporter and who does stuff but he can at least run over stuff vault vault over things uh slide uh sidle along ledges and i thought like the game immediately, like, you, you, it shows you sidling along the ledge within, like, the first five minutes, too. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be a mechanic. Well, I'm glad my character isn't completely useless. Like, I can actually get around to things it looks like and feels like I should get around. And while, yeah, you still can't jump over a lot of waist-high stuff at arbitrary points throughout the game, at least a lot of it you can. So it feels good not having a character who's just completely fragile for no reason. Like, I feel like he was realistically about as tough as just random Joe Schmo should have been. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's that's what really impressed me. It was like you can sprint a little bit, you can jump a little bit. Yeah, and it's like and the sprint actually like once he starts getting going, it actually like seems like you're running. Yeah. Instead of it just kind of yeah. being like a very fast walk or anything yeah. like that. It's not the Doom Three or Phasmophobia <laughs> sprint, which is just you walk slightly faster for three <laughs> seconds and then start yeah. breathing. <laughs> um so my first experience with Outlast was like was back in the day playing the, the first Outlast game. 
And that game had some moments that freaked me and my buddies out so much that we flipped the couch over. I've told that story before. <laughs> yeah. Um, PT also. So you went into this game with a lot of uh, pre-expectations, whereas we didn't really know what we were getting yeah. into. Yeah. I kind of knew what they were going to try to do as far as run, hide, or die, which is your only options. And they're very much playing off the Amnesia Dark Descent model. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's why I think when we did Amnesia, I was like, whenever we play Outlast, you could thank Amnesia for that game existing. But yeah, uh, so loading up into this game, it it's very like when I'm riding the helicopter, I'm like, okay, okay, this kind of reminds me of the beginning of Far Cry Five when you guys are flying into the uh, seed compound to go talk to these crazy Christian people, right? Oh, that's actually a little closer, but, isn't it? <laughs> well, because well, I didn't know that we were dealing with crazy Christians other than the uh, promotional material for the game that I've seen, right? Um, I, I didn't realize the level of depravity that they would go to immediately. So did none of us going into this know what the setting was I going to be at all? I knew it was about okay, cool. a cult or some sort of thing like that, okay. and that was all I basically knew. And I knew that there was um, some questionable content in it. <laughs> the, the, the understatement, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, I put, I, put, I put my content warning up front, so if you guys want to be more explicit okay. with it, feel free. This is going to be probably unpleasant from time to time, but this game gets really unpleasant. It gets from even time more unpleasant time. than what you guys saw. Well, like, oh, I'm sure it feels like the kind of game that's eventually going to just start absolutely reveling in it. The uh, the fir- one of the first things you see is the the dude tied to the post, and he's been skinned like completely. Yeah, dong and all. Like, oh, ow, bro. Like, Jesus. Yeah, so do you guys kind of want to talk about like the beginning part of this game where y'all got up to and what you saw yeah. and how you felt? Yeah. So, my, do you mind if I start? Because I have this the school thing sure. I want to talk about before I forget. So, like when the game first starts off, you are in the school, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in this hallway. So, he- wait, isn't it? Isn't it you? You do the airplane. You're the helicopter scene first, then after the crasher. No, you actually are in the school first. You like wake up in the helicopter. Is it because of a dream you're having? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So for one, the the graphics in the school great. The light reflecting off the stuff. It it looked really good. It'd make a great phasmophobia <laughs> map. The assets I thought. Huh, yeah, I thought the assets were really good. There's a lot of just little like stuff that tells you real fast that it's a private mm-hmm. Catholic school and all of that. Like you get a sense of where you're at very immediately. So when I was a young kid, and I don't have a lot of memory of this other than like I can remember it being traumatizing to me. I was at school. I was uh, this was still in Jacksonville, so I would have had to have been in pre-K or kindergarten, right? Young. And I got in trouble for something. I don't remember what it was. And the teacher handed me a referral and told me to go to the principal's office and sent me out of the classroom. I'm a fucking kindergartner. I have no idea where I'm going. So I just wandered the school lost. And because class was in session, there was no one out there to help me. So I'm just wandering these hallways, like just couldn't find my way anywhere. And then all of a sudden bell rings all these kids come out i'm in like the area where there's like sixth graders and shit so i remember i ended up like some teacher found me uh sitting by the cafeteria door just crying Uh because i was like i I didn't know what to do and i had anxiety and stuff even back then so like i didn't want to talk to like 
you know, I didn't want to bother anybody to talk to them, even like as a kid, because like, yeah, I didn't know them. I was taught not to talk to strangers, and there were so many strangers around. It was fucked up, bro. So like, I have this weird thing with school hallways and, and stuff, especially, and it fucking, dude, this fucking school in uh, Outlast looked like the hallways mm-hmm. that I got lost in in that school. I can remember what they looked like in my head when I was telling you guys that I have this weird thing about liminal space, but with schools, I think that's why. So when they dropped me into that and I was like, oh no, oh no, not, not, not yeah. school shit. No, please not. Um, Dude, being a kid fucking sucks. it also rolled. Sometimes. Like, I know the dichotomy it of also being rolled. a child. Like, everything feels so much more intense. Yeah, and you don't even know why you're in trouble and why you're screwing up half the time. What's the scary and, part? You're just getting yelled at for shit you don't understand. And to throw back to the Patreon, and if you'd like to go hear that, patreon.com slash the Steam Machine podcast, I was a kindergartner. So think of the scale of the size of the school that I was lost in, just mm-hmm. wandering and wandering, not being able to figure out where to go. Bro, ah! <laughs> like it gives me the willies thinking about it. Or the heebie-jeebies, I shouldn't say willies because you're willy and you're nice i'm fine i can get the willies too <laughs> but uh but yeah man so like the just the opening of this game and stuff i was just i was very uncomfortable but then uh moving forward i, I never got more comfortable <laughs> I, I, I just stayed uncomfortable the whole time i played what about you guys like, I know you um, roll into like uh it's kind of weird because i've almost had like the opposite feeling where um I, I was really a little a little i never felt like i was actually physically unsettled when i was playing like going from place to place but i actually felt kind of comforted by the school sections especially when you were in like the lit classroom with the music box and stuff like that i was like oh this is kind of nice you know i know it was setting me up for something dark and bad but i'm like oh hey this feels good <laughs> Like, I actually thought the school sequences, generally speaking, were really compelling. And, like, they brought a lot of contrast. Especially the transitions into and out of them were extremely... Yeah, that is, like, one of the biggest like, things I'll say about this game. Like, the transitions between when you're in the school setting versus this Arizona compound setting. Like, they did an incredible job with those. Yeah. I I, I agree. Totally. Um, It was almost like you were breaking in and out of reality almost. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, boom, yeah. and you'd crash in, and you're back into re- back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lesser game would have just found a reason for you to get donked on the head, go unconscious, and wake up there or whatever every time. But no, they had a bunch of different ways to get you in and out of it. And I thought every time it was surprising and interesting insofar as I'd seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys want to roll into it? Nate, uh, I'm going to let you take the rain since you beat this one. Yeah, we could just tell you where we stopped yeah. being with you. Because <laughs> so, for what it's worth, this game has six chapters. The first chapter is what, like half Pretty the runtime of the like game. The first roughly. two chapters were most of the game. Like it's very front heavy. I got to almost the end of chapter one, and I think Dalton got about three quarters of the way through chapter one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, basically, you start off like you said. You're Blake, and you're on that. You're waking up from that dream where you're in that elementary school, and you're, you're like um. The dream, you see your old friend who was this, and this is in fourth grade, by the way, who was named Jessica. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say real quick, that that dream sequence, there was one other thing that I meant to mention. Dude, talking about like, I don't want to press this button because I know if I press this button, something's going to happen. When I'm walking towards those doorways and those doors went boom and they shut in front of me, I went, yeah, 
I don't want to turn around right now. Don't make me turn around. I don't want to turn around. There's something behind me. I know there is. I do not want to turn around right now. And sure enough, you turn around and yeah. So continue. Yeah. You seemed really creeped by the schools in general too. Cause I remember there was another similar thing where you strafed facing the lockers. Like if there's something in front of me, I don't want yep. to see. <laughs> yeah. But look, this is like the first disturbing moment of the game right here is like, you know, you'll see that your friend Jessica, who her name had committed suicide like as a fourth grader, which is horrible and traumatic. Um, but after you wake up from the dream, you talk to Lynn, who's your wife, and there's a sudden flash of light. And then your helicopter engine starts failing. Y'all are swirling. Like, Lynn almost falls out of the helicopter. You, like, reach out there and grab her and pull her back in before she falls out. And then the helicopter crashes. Um, and so when you wake up, you kind of wake up on this ledge up here and you can see the burning wreck of the helicopter down below you. So you head down from that ledge and the, where you were talking about Willie is where you learn like you have the strafe mechanic and that this dude can actually move a little bit. So like you said, that is nice. Um, so you head down there to the helicopter to see what's going on, trying to find Lynn. Um, and so there's no bodies in the helicopter. Your dude's kind of grateful about that. That's also where you first get the mechanic where it has you pull out your camera and look at something that's going on. If you record it long enough, then you get like a little scene where your guy kind of talks about what's happening. So you get some kind of signposting yeah. for that. I know. Like, when we were watching you, Dalton, I know she never pulled out the camera to look at the footage you had taken. Did you know about that part or were you just trying to keep it going for the stream? No, I knew about it and I was just trying to keep rolling. But like... So, so like when I started the stream, I started the game over again mm -hmm. and, uh, just so everybody could see from the beginning if they wanted, you know, so like when I had played by myself, I had reviewed the footage and like seen that each one gives you like he'll context okay. and he'll talk about it and things like that. Yeah. Um, but in the stream, I was just trying to keep it rolling to see how far I could get. Yeah. And sorry for jumping in on you, Nate, there. It's just like, I'm not going to be able to talk about what actually happens okay. after chapter one. So I want to try to interject what I know oh, while yeah, I still know things. But yeah, so you get down to the helicopter. And like Billy said, there's nobody at the helicopter. And you're like, crap. So you just keep walking down to where you see these burning lights and things. And you walk up upon the next immediately disturbing scene, which is the pilot of the helicopter has been skinned alive and nailed to a tree. Or what was he nailed to? Like, I guess it doesn't really matter. It was like a post or something. Yeah. And just like, yeah, oh, you're like, you tell Blake's just totally freaked out and grossed out by it. Rightfully so. But mm. <laughs> like, that's like when you're right there at the beginning of the game, that's like how, you know, like, it's probably just going to keep going like this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do not. It doesn't get nicer from here. Yeah. They definitely let you know early on that they're, they're here to fuck with you. Yeah. So then yeah. you continue on again. It's like to just, you just keep moving on to try to find Lynn and you're kind of confronted by these crazy homicidal villagers right and so the next thing that happens is like that same flash of light that you had seen in the helicopter kind of happens again and like right before these homicidal villagers are going to descend on you that light shines again and they stop and you're kind of affected by it too but it gives you a moment to get yourself and get away and continue moving on yeah at this point the villagers all start just kind of like holding their head and like moaning weirdly religious like things like it sounds like they're saying mantras and trying to keep their shit together or else they're having memories it's not clear exactly what's going on but it's it's weird and unsettling yeah, very. so you keep making your way through like different parts of the village and like at this point you're like trying to stay kind of hidden like in the shadow so you like you don't get seen a lot and i don't remember exactly what this house was that you've 
finally get to. And was it? Was it Ethan's house? No, no, not that. We're not that far yet. Oh, Ethan's house is after you go through the yeah, first it's like, church. I guess it's at the church. Like we're, you're still looking for life and you get kind of finally do find Lynn very early in the game. I was so pleased by that, too, because I really thought the game was just going to keep dragging her away from you from five inches over and over yeah. again, you know? Like, there's so many, like, lame cliches this game could have done that it keeps avoiding that made me really happy. Like, even when you're on the helicopter talking to Lynn and you wake up and he's just like, heard you say, it sounded like you were talking about a woman. You're like, yeah, it was Jessica. And she's like, oh, Jessica. Like, immediately, like, instead of doing some lame marital strife yeah. bullshit. Like, I'll, it, it, the game just... I don't know. I I really thought that they did a good job with that kind of thing of just like, hey, we're not just going to be lame for the sake of being lame. Yeah, for sure. So, like, you find her, right? And, like, you're in this house and you're like, she's obviously extremely traumatized by whatever has happened in this short amount of time to her. (laughs) And she won't tell you what happened because she's like, no, we just got to get the hell out of here. So, like, you both just, like, decide, okay, let's just get the hell out of here. So, you start running. And, um, so basically you're running and the, like, there's kind of like this weird PA system thing that goes on while you're playing the game where Mm. the main villain, which would be the prophet, Noth is his name, kind of announces what's going on. And you can hear him just talking through this thing saying, you must find the Antichrist. This woman is pregnant with the Antichrist and like sends the followers to find them, you and her to kill you. So you keep running and eventually you do run into one of these um, search parties um, and they start grabbing you and Lynn and pulling you apart. And then the second group comes out of kind of nowhere and starts this big scuffle with them. And they're the heretics, right? And they kill <laughs> like the original cult Christians that were trying to take you and Lynn off. And then they just kind of decide to take Lynn Right, and, she, and then that, that's the part where the the head of the heretics like straddles you, yeah, and's like licking your face mm-hmm. and shit and being all sexual, and it's like, yeah, what is going on yeah. right now? That's Val, so that's where you found Val. I, I she's the so. leader okay. of the heretics, right? And so like, she licks your face and does all that weird, creepy stuff. If it's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm gonna love you, stuff like that. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, if somebody mm-hmm. like in the moment wants to lick my face, that's one thing. But like that. This was a different kind of face licking. This was yeah. like, you taste good, like I'm going to sacrifice you type licks. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. It was very creepy. Unsettling. Yeah. And so they end up kidnapping Lynn anyway and just kind of knocking you out and leaving you on the ground so whatever happens to you can happen to you. <laughs> what I thought was funny is that the dude punches you in the face long enough to like disorient you so they can get away. But he doesn't knock you out. So it's yeah. not like he doesn't just like hit you and you're out for a couple hours like it would happen in other games yeah. too. Which I thought was in- impressive that yeah. they were just like, no, it's just going to daze you long enough that they're in the darkness and you don't know where they went. Again, it's one of the things that I'm very impressed by was just the constant cliche avoidance where like a lesser writer would have done something really obvious and corny. And the game keeps avoiding that. Like it, there's there's obvious craftsmanship that went into this. And I appreciate that. Um, And then like, at that point, you start seeing more flashlights heading your way. So you start running off in the opposite direction. Um, Unless you're me. Yeah, you, you ran right into the flashlight <laughs> the first time. I was I got turned around and ran right into him. I was like, whoops. <laughs> yeah, and so then you keep avoiding these. And then you get this 
another bright flash of white light. But this time when it happens, you're back in the school. And to me, this is the part where I saw the first, like, super disturbing thing. And why don't you talk about that, Dalton? So when you're when you're walking around in the school and you're, like, in the darkness and there's just, like, a lot of ambient noise and stuff going on and, like, shrill child screams. And, like, those yeah. just give me the heebie-jeebies because, like, you know, my ex had daughters and stuff. So, like, that, that resonates with me. These little girl screams, like... He, my my in my inner like uh stepdad if you will is just like oh fuck what's wrong you know so hearing that unsettled me and then you're kind of exploring the school um you're finding these notes i believe the one notes like i had to do this you know i'm sorry yada it was basically like a suicide note yeah and then you now correct me if i'm getting sequences wrong here <clears throat> i walked through the whole the whole uh hallway and it was dark and the, the locker opened look in the locker and then I think the locker shut in front of me or something. And it was like, that was when I didn't want to turn. So I strafed <laughs> instead because I'm like, I don't want to look. I'm just going to, what if it kills me? I walk into it. I'll know it's there next time. Um, but doing that, I fucked something up because I ended up having to walk back to the other end of the hallway and then walk back through facing that direction. <laughs> and it triggered whatever happened. And then a door opened and you go through that door, you go <clears throat> and you're in the hallway from the beginning of the game. And then when you turn that corner, you see Lynn hanging from a noose in the distance not lynn i'm sorry uh jessica the fourth grader hanging on a fucking noose yeah and i was like what the fuck and then like it like flashes or something happens and it disappears and i'm just like no surely i just saw a kid hanging there right like and i was just like wow this game went there okay yeah pretty scary (laughs) (laughs) and so that's when that flash, another flash like that happens again, and you're back in the world. And, like, you're kind of getting, at this point, you're, like, on the ground, and this guy's helping you up. Like, the first time you've run into anybody that's actually helpful towards you at all in this game. Um, So, he tells you his name's Ethan, and he tries to help you get back to his cabin so you can rest up and chill out for a little bit. He turns out to have been the father of that missing of that woman that you found running pregnant the murdered pregnant woman from the beginning of the game the whole reason your team went out to arizona he was her father and so like he was like oh you know who that is how is she how is she and you're just like uh he's she's fine (laughs) yeah she's okay oh thank you a plus smooth considering you just referred to her as jane doe five seconds ago like she isn't the murder victim (laughs) yeah So he invites you into the house and Smooth. like gives you a place to sleep down under his floorboards, basically kind of a hiding place. There's like a little bed made up down there. So you eventually lay down and fall asleep and you wake up to these extremely heavy footsteps and a lot of yelling going on upstairs. Is this the first this time we is see Marta? Where we kind of get introduced to Marta. I, I believe nice. that you kind of. Okay see her in passing or something she passes by a window or something earlier but that's about it this is when you really realize that uh old bird lady is not to be fucked with yeah that's right i think you see her like on the other side of a lot of somebody yeah 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 yeah. but this is what this is what you could see her in action for the first time and by the way again i'm i'm on cliche watch here again and i'm like okay ethan's taking us in giving us a little bet under he's absolutely gonna betray us and that doesn't happen the game keeps actively avoiding all these lame ass cliches that i keep thinking it's going to do and i've got to give it a yeah. lot of credit for that so i agree she's basically like i know you know where he is you need to tell me and he just 
she was like, I don't know anything about what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you've turned your back on the Lord. You will be punished. God, God wants him dead. Yeah. And so she just murders him. And with the brutalest of force, she has this weird little instrument she carries around with her to kill people. It's kind of like a cross between a pickaxe and a scythe, kind of. It's exactly yeah. what it reminded me of. And then it's got like a, a spear on the end of the handle. Yeah. It, ugh. And like, it shows how brutal she is but also shows how strong she is because she can just straight up lift this dude off the ground no problem yeah yeah there's something otherworldly about this bitch for sure yeah and you can just you're just watching this whole thing happen from under these like kind of cracked floorboards and stuff you're like holy crap and so you eventually wait and start to head out from there because like well i can't stay here anymore dude just got murked (laughs) um yeah this is the part where uh, I don't know if I was just trying to hurry and was running through the different areas and everything, but um, I felt like the one thing that this game did, at least that annoyed me in this one section, um, and again, if this is a little bit ahead, I do apologize, but this is just come to my mind, um, was that like, I, so I would pretty much get to this one area uh, where you were running from a bunch of the people that were after you, right? And... I would crawl up under this house and whether they were around to see me do it or not, as I was crawling under it, they were like, he's under the floorboard. And I'm like, what the, how the fuck do they know that? <laughs> and it was like, it was triggered by this certain, like once you pass this certain area down there, cause I did it two or three times cause I kept dying. But it was just, uh, that was one thing that made me, that bummed me out a little was that they were almost, uh, uh, they had a scripted, scripted knowledge of where you were in a few Thank you. That was the word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah, they that was a scripted area. Because when they chase you into the house, they also somehow see you through a barred door. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Okay. And I probably am going to skip over some scenes because there is a lot <laughs> to go through. Like, Because there's a scene where you have... Can I call out one scene between now and the next yeah, part you're probably going to get to then? Is there, when you're wandering around, you end up finding a well in the middle of a clearing. And when you get near God. the well, it like has all these wild like teeth and tentacles in it. And that teleports you kind of, you fall into the well and you're in the school scene again. And I just thought that was a super sick transition. It was so strange yeah. and unexplained. Yeah. You know what? That's the scene where you see that girl hanging. Okay. Now that I think about it. That, that's the one where you see her hanging and then she gets pulled up into something by some hands yeah. and dark clouds the fuck (laughs) so like the next main thing you're trying to accomplish here is you're trying to get to this chapel because you're like surely somebody at the chapel knows where lynn is where'd they take lynn i need to find out so your dude's just on this mission to make it to the chapel and did either of you make it to this point okay yes i want to say all the way all the way you're on the way to the chapel it's becoming more and more obvious what the point of the cult kind of is because you're picking up information on notes and stuff and it becomes pretty obvious that um noth is the ringleader of this cult and the cult's belief is basically that any child born within the confines of what is the city called i've already forgotten the name but is likely to be the antichrist and so they're basically killing children as soon as they're popping out and and also, a lot of times, Noth is Most my father. I want, I want to read this one letter yeah. from the game that I have saved. Yeah, um, please. So, this is just a, an example of some of the things that you find throughout the game that you can read to kind of give you some background on what's going on. Simeon, I need to talk to you in the deepest secret cause because of your knowing of the unctures and such and medicines. I hope you know that I do not trade any more words than strictly needful when we make the trip in the damned world for gasoline and electricals and other such necessaries as we can't make. 
I've got something friendly with the publican boy who sells us the pills Papa needs, and when I mentioned them as his study aids, the boy laughed and said the body don't need penicillin for studying unless the body was studying as a gash. Have you heard of such things? I don't want to ask Papa for fear I don't know what, but I do not want accidentally poison him neither. Please come see me. John. It's fucking like the guy doesn't realize that the dude's just like giving him an innuendo like, oh yeah, bro, you just only need penicillin, you're studying yeah poon <laughs> but i i wish i had gotten some screenshots of some of val's letters because i think i was just so intrigued by the writing and those yeah. that i didn't catch any screens of them but like holy fuck when she's because val had been like both noth and val val noth has a bunch of his own scriptures of like his church his new prophecy because he calls himself the modern ezekiel and he's got like his own books of his own Bible, basically laying around. And later on, we find vow letters. They kind of subvert them and take this weird biblical tone with like lots of like fucks and shit in them. It's pretty yeah, awesome. Or like the, the sky grew a thousand cocks and fucked the the earth and all these. Yeah, like, it's like that. Like what? What is going? on? There's a lot of sexual innuendo in this shit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like your goal is to get to that. Um, chapel next like and i know there's a scene between here and there where you're trying to the lighthouse not lighthouse but the uh generator scene with the elevator happens in here dalton uh, yeah uh we, we should talk about the generator because that's a fun little set piece there's a small village neighborhood where you there's an elevator you need to get up to to get to the chapel and there's just a bunch of little houses and it's very dark and you're trying to get to the generator and there's just so much shit in that area like there's a house where there's like a guy just creepily looking out at you at from the window and if you do get close he will come out and get yeah. you there's just a lady sitting in the middle of the road just if you turn on your flash she's always looking directly at you and just saying these really weird prophecy sounding things yeah yeah what, what? if you get close to her she also stabs you yeah if you get close to anyone they will fucking stab you unless they're ethan and then you get close yeah. to him and he gets stabbed but um like that's the part that I went through and then I went into that guy's house because I was like surely if I go in here he's going to kill me I know it is but it'll be worth it and I opened it up and yeah he did um, and, then, and yeah. then the second time I just hauled ass like I just ran through that whole spot all the way up to the top um, which turns out to be the correct move because everything between point A and the actual generator hut is just there to get you in trouble uh, and that was the part where I cranked the generator uh, and on stream I was like cranking it Cranking it, cranking it. Surely something's going to happen. Whoa, can you do that <laughs> on a Discord stream? Yes. Actually, on Discord, anything goes. <laughs> Please do not give birth in the Discord voice chat. I won't. Physically, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was referencing a meme. I didn't realize how appropriate it was for this game. But the... Uh... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Um... Yeah, so I just ran up. I knew that bitch was going to... I knew something was going to scare me. And even though I knew it was coming, it still scared me. I cussed, I yelled, I shrieked. Nate said he wished he could have clipped it. <laughs> and uh, and then having to make your way back down. that late, The lady who scares you doesn't try to kill you. She just starts like spouting off some prophetical uh, bullshit. I think that's the word I'm looking for, prophetical. Just like, yeah, like Willie said. <laughs> what Willie said. And she just kind of stands there chanting and... Uh, you run down and you have to make your way back through that town, but old bird bitch shows up. She just reminds me of a big bird. That's why I call her bird bitch. Um, I kind of get that. I, I don't know why, but I get what you mean. Very raptory. Like a hag raven. Mm. Like a big ass hag raven. But uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently that she 
also can kind of just find you wherever you are because she seemed to always know where I was at. Like I would get out of the barrel and she would come back. So eventually, I don't know what happened, but I eventually got around her and then just ran my ass to the elevator. Yeah. I feel like there were a couple of scenes, especially with Marga, where I kind of got lucky and she just kind of wandered off the wrong direction and I could sneak back to where I was supposed to go. Because I feel like when I was pushing carts around in the area near the chapel that that happened also. Oh, the cart thing made me so mad. I hated that section so much. It gave me... Because I didn't feel like I did anything different when I won. I just waited a different place slightly longer or whatever. It, uh, it, it gave me some Resident Evil 7 vibes because there's definitely some parts in Resident Evil 7 where you're being stalked by some of the family. And you have to like run from them and hide and things like that. But in Resident Evil 7, you also have weapons yeah. and stuff. So. Which <laughs> I don't know why Blake difference. didn't just pick up one of the thousands of knives that were just laying around. I made that comment when, we walk, when I walked into that one room and there were all those torture devices on the walls. I was like, I would have one of those big ass wrench things in each hand. And just swinging them yes. wildly at people. <laughs> Get fucked. Yeah. But so, that, so what was next? You make it to this church, finally. and Oh, this seems seems rough, brutal. yeah. So, like, you see this guy. There's only one person in there at the moment. And it's, there's this guy that's hanging, like, on one of these old torture rack kind of devices. And he's missing his eyes. It's got Judas carved yeah, onto his chest. Jesus. Brutal, dude. And so you start talking to him. He was like, oh, gosh. You have to kill me. I won't yeah, be able to like not talk. trying to hold back secrets because he has an idea Mary. of where, like, the heretics would have taken um, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Lynn, that's right. Sorry. There's a lot going on here. Yep. Um, you got it right. And so eventually he's like, eventually you start exploring the area a little more and you go into one of the confessionals and it's a good thing you do because then you start hearing these footsteps coming back with you and they bring this dude's wife back in i believe this is the first time you face to face think you're right as well and right he's the big fat guy right yeah that's what i assumed yeah the first time i saw a painting of hot uh noth by the way in one of their houses i'm like what the hell do these people worship the heavy from team fortress <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they basically put her on one of those um what are those things called it's an old-fashioned torture rack yeah that's the, kind the of stretchy kind the thing he was okay. on was a breaking wheel so like it's on a torture rack and they start like turning it and you can just start hearing all the popping and screaming and oh. eventually the guy's like okay okay I'll tell you they took her down to the mines or whatever and then like Noth is like okay good thank you and then he just kills both of them give her rest yeah Jesus Christ and they eventually leave and you can start heading back out too and you just realize okay now my goal is to find the mines <sighs> <laughs> yeah it's intense, and it only gets more intense from there, and, right? Like, just to put it into context, how graphic it is. Like, there's obviously blood everywhere, but there's also nudity. Like, these people are not clothed at this point. Like, everything is out, hanging out for you to see, and it's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they hanged. Now, these aren't fun Halloween movie titties. These are bruised and <laughs> beaten, hang, bloody, and hanging dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So eventually you start trying to make your way down to where the mines are. Um, I think this might be where I checked out, too. I don't think I reached the mines. So I think I got like maybe five or ten minutes after the yeah. chapel scene. And like basically what happens here is you try to get to the mines and you do a lot more of the same kind of thing where you're running through houses, trying to avoid getting captured by Marta or whatever else is out there after you. 
Um, you do have some more visions this time where you start to get more, a little bit more hints on what happened in the school that drove Je- Jessica to her untimely demise. Um, just a lot of things like it's it's really weird because like there's a lot of stuff that happens like at the pool and stuff in the locker room. Like a lot of things are kind of like pointed in that direction, like pool and locker room. Like, mm. and then you keep running into this monster that has like tentacles coming out of his like forehead from a certain spot in his forehead just really kind of disturbing little monster creature that you keep having to also run from in the schools and hide from there's one scene where you end up hiding in the bathroom and you have to crawl between toilet stalls to avoid getting captured by him yeah it's a bunch of scary stuff um but finally like you get to this point where you're on your way to your mind and you um get caught caught by these guys named Laird and Nick. Um, these guys, if you've ever seen Total Recall, right? There was the guy who had the little guy attached to him, right? Quato. So Quato, this is actually yeah. kind of similar situation where there's this big hulking dude, right? And he has this guy that rides on his shoulder and shoots arrows. And that's probably Master and Blaster so. then, isn't but it? The, and the smart one is the one on the shoulders. It's this tiny little guy. Yeah, that, then it's Master and Blaster. The guy, the, the, the Hulkin dude's basically borderline, like, incompetent, yeah. barely can speak. Like, animal intelligence. Yeah, yeah so, like, Blaster. you end up trying to run away from these guys, and they end up do catching you. And they call you the Scold Messiah. So, they kind of believe that you're the next coming of Jesus. And what do you do to the next coming of Jesus? Ooh, martyred him. How do you hurt him? What do you do to him? crucify him yeah at this point you get nailed to a cross jesus like and it shows the whole thing like as you're laid out like this and you're looking at your hand getting nails slammed through your hand and eventually Ah. you're finally up there hanging and everybody kind of leaves and you have to repeatedly tap x to pull your hand through the nails Oh yeah! Oh man! Yeah, it's brutal, and like you finally do it, and you fall like a good five feet to the ground because you're hanging up pretty high, and like it's like um, you need to find bandages immediately, otherwise you'll die. Because one interesting thing about the scene was like we've been looking at this wrong the whole time. We've been looking at this wrong the whole time. Of course, the modern messiah is not going to carry a book. He's going to use a video camera. So they take your video camera. <laughs> they take all your supplies. And so once you come down, you have nothing. You don't have your bandages. You don't have your batteries. Well, obviously, it wouldn't help because you don't have your camera. Oh, man. Yes. So you don't have night vision. So your first goal is to find bandages immediately. Otherwise, you're just going to bleed out. So eventually, you do find the bandages. And you also do find um, where, because your goal now is, I got to find my camera. You do find the camera in, I guess, what would be that... um, scary dude's house <laughs> Laird and Nick's house so you get the camera back and you start to run away again and you're it's a chasing and everything and eventually you start sliding down this hill into this just giant mass of barbed wire and you get stuck oh. there and then here come Laird and Nick to pull you off of it and now they're like well now you're dead and they put you in a coffin and bury you alive <laughs> Gee, fucking nailed. Jesus Christ. Your dude does not have a good freaking day, no. does he? <laughs> what is this, McCamey Manor? <laughs> right? Jesus. 
Then you get out of the coffin and they make you eat Andy Cap's hot fries. It's just a terrible scene yeah. all around. And so you do have to push your way out because luckily it's a shallow grave. So you push your way out of that. Um, yeah, so you manage to escape there. and then you find the third religious cult of the game. Are you serious? Scold. And so what these guys are, they basically have like uh, some kind of disease and they're all like falling apart and almost dying. It's like might maybe it's leprosy or something because everything does seem to have a biblical tinge to it. Because there are other points like that white light we mentioned earlier. It does happen a couple more times. One time it happens and all the birds fall out of the sky. That part was creepy. That part was real creepy. And then you run through a cornfield. (laughs) Especially because after the birds all fall out of the sky, you get the video camera footage of it. If you have your guy, look at the video camera footage. He talks about how one time when he was in school, they told him that the singing of the birds was a promise from God. So like seeing all the birds fall dead. It just, that was, I thought that was kind of pretty, pretty good symbolism. Even if it immediately explained it to you. Yeah. The skulls aren't really that important to the story. It just kind of shows that there's so many of these branches that in this just one little area where this whole cult started that there's these branches that kind of fall off of it. Um, but you eventually make, find yourself to a raft and then you make it a set down the river where more stuff keeps happening. Like there's more of like that pool stuff that I was talking about in the school. Cause you get another bright fashion flight. And this time, like all these fish come up from the bottom of the lake dead. Um, yeah, and then you get the pool scene again. Like at the end of this pool scene, it's actually kind of cool. Like, so you're walking past the pool, just this tentacle comes out of the pool, grabs you, and pulls you in, and then you wake up in the water of the lake, and you have to swim back to your boat. Oh man, um, no, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? As we spoke about in the Patreon, Dalton does not enjoy murky water. What's yeah, there would have been a scene in the school that really freaked you out, Dalton? Oh, Several, no. actually. Um, <laughs> But then you have this really long, drawn-out scene where you're paddling a raft. Like, the scene goes on for an extremely long time. <laughs> and, like like I said, nothing, nothing much happens except for, like, that flash and that school scene. But then there's just a lot of paddling where you have to, like, kind of push your boat off rocks and stuff. It, it was actually just more frustrating than anything. But when you finally get to land, you're near the mines at this point. And so you're, you finally find this elevator in the mines... And guess what? It's kind of broken. <laughs> it breaks. And, huh? No, you don't have to find another generator. Thank you. you but it breaks and it just plummets down. So somehow you survive the fall oh. deep inside the mines. You just keep continuing on. But you encounter Val there finally in the mines with her heretics from earlier. Um, they don't want to give you Lynn, obviously. So they attempt to kill you again. <laughs> Um, they actually poison you, and you have another vision similar to the previous ones here, um, where they try to kill you. You manage to escape somehow, <laughs> and end up in the, but end up in another heretic gathering where you find Lynn. Lynn is actually there. Um, no, this is where you actually get the poison gas because they tried to kill you before then, and now you get the poison gas in your face, and you pass out again. Um, this time it goes into more detail. You wake up and you're in the school with Jessica, a kind of wrestling kind of thing and stuff. And you walk out and, and you're finally leaving it. Cause like they're talking about how like you have a crush on Lynn, don't you? And Jessica's like just harassing him about all this stuff. Like, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, so you're like, okay, I guess it's time for us to go home. So they start to leave the school and the priest comes out. It's like, 
What are you two doing here after hours? I'm actually looking at something. Yeah, it was, his name was Father Lautermilch. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you two doing here after hours? And they're like, nothing. We were just um, doing whatever. We were about to head home. They're like, now you two don't want to be in trouble, do you? And you're like, no, no, of course not. And this priest's like, Blake, you go on home. I'll take care of um, Jessica. Jessica's like, Blake, don't leave. Please don't leave. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And so eventually oh. you, you do get rid of Blake and Blake does leave and you start heading towards the door as this young Blake and you start hearing screaming and all this stuff. And so Blake runs back and it cuts forward to the scene where you see Jessica laying in like on the stairs and blood with strangles around her neck. There's a lot of implied stuff there. Yes. Um, but the thing you notice about Father Loudermilk in this scene is he has this very distinct scarring on his forehead, right where the monster from the, all the previous scenes had that right. tentacle coming out. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of a plot here that Blake blames himself for what happened here because Blake didn't stop. And he's a, but he was like, you know, fourth grader. How can he really do anything? People in power suck. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, that part sucked. Um, so then you wake up from this vision. You're still in the mines being chased by some heretics. But then you finally find Lynn. And I don't know why it's so easy to escape with her. But then suddenly you're running out of the mines with Lynn. Right? Fun fact. Lynn's pregnant. Super pregnant. Hmm. Like nine months pregnant. Oh. But she wasn't in the beginning of the game. It's been huh? like one day, right? I said but she wasn't in the beginning of the game. She just found out she was pregnant. No, right? she didn't even know. There was nothing about her being pregnant at all. Like, she was just a normal. Not yeah. said she was, but that was right. the first anyone had heard of just it. now, okay. Lynn is extremely pregnant. Huh. But you're like, all right, well, we got to get it the hell out of here. Um, so they start fleeing, and then this huge storm starts coming up, and it's like... um raging snow and lightning kind of thing and i didn't even mention the scene earlier but there was a scene earlier in the game where it was raining blood from a lacerated sky <laughs> bleeding its damn it i shouldn't have gone there <laughs> um but like um lynn's like yeah there's something wrong like and like what the fuck happened it's like blake i can't talk about it let's just keep moving i think i need to find shelter because i don't think this is going to stay in me much longer Oh. Yes. Yeah, so you start running and you get to this house and you're like, okay, I think we have a place to stop. But guess who finds you at this house? Bird lady. Yep. Here's Marta ah. again. So you have to run basically with Lynn away from Marta. Eventually you get to this point where it kind of like almost a cut scene where Marta is like about to brace her thing and kill you. When part from the top of the, the cross from the top of the church falls off the church and impales her. Act huh. of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah, fuck that bitch. Uh, but then you keep running like, well, this place, and then you find the chapel where you saw that brutal scene from earlier in the game happen. And Lynn gives birth. Like, oh boy. cut scene, cuts away. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You see a baby come out. <laughs> oh, it's God. It shows oh. everything. <laughs> I wish y'all could see the look on Nate's face. Right now. <laughs> and it's extremely bloody and gross. And Ugh. Lynn doesn't make it. Oh, God. 
Yeah, so you're just now, like, from here, to, like, this is really close to the end of the game. You're holding this baby. Like, every time you look down as your character, you can just see the baby in his arms. It's just like, ugh. Um, when you, and, like, you pass out with the baby in your arms in that um, chapel. When you wake up, Noth is sitting next to you. And he starts just rambling on about killing all the Christians. And then he's like, you know that child's the Antichrist, right? You need to kill the baby. Do a kindness in the world, set him on the ground, and put that head between your feet and just squash it now. And then Noth's like, I don't think, um, I don't believe God talks to dead men, but I may be damn sure he might answer him. He just takes this knife and goes across his own throat. Yeah. Huh. Bro, okay, first of all, hold on. I gotta I gotta say this. Watching birth has always been something that is something that I don't think I could do. Like I think that it would literally just make me pass out. Like I'm, I I want to be like if I, if I was ever in that situation I'll be on the other side. Mm-hmm. I don't ever see myself in that situation, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh in in throat slitting. There's so many things in this game that disturb the fuck out yeah. of me. <laughs> oh no, it's meant to. Um Yeah. <laughs> and so that happens and then Blake just starts walking down towards the square with the baby in his arms and you see that as you walk around there's nobody alive anymore and no one? nobody there's no one living in the town or anywhere and then like you just have one last vision and you're back in the school one last time and you see you're in the school kitchen where you had a lot of these visions before and you just see jessica one more time she has this deep bruising around her neck and everything like that and do um, you stop and you stay say a prayer together, and then the game ends? Huh? It just ends there. Yeah. So like, you don't know how much of this is real, how much is in his mind, all this kind of stuff. Um, it's just really creepy and freaky, and like you realize that you know it's kind of talking about the the game itself. In my opinion, it's kind of like an allegory for everything that's wrong in the religious community, the Catholic Church, the Southern Baptists, everything that's deeply ingrained and awful about those cultures <laughs> yeah no yeah i i can totally get that um i i opened this link that you you had for reference yeah do you mind if do you mind if i cover the the story explained part do. okay because i because sure. this part has parts that link it to the original outlast so <clears throat> there is a page that you can find called the old traveler right and it'll explain a little bit later how you come upon that but i'm going to read this to you September 17th, 2015. At halfway point between the towers and the subjects, and signals remained strong. Safe to say any damage the electrical storm caused, the relays was minimal. Damn peaceful out here on the lake. I thought the microwaves were supposed to discourage birds, but I've been hearing a few owls that are either killing each other or having better sex than I have ever got. I'm going to hike a mile or so closer to the site tomorrow and take some more reading. Had a curious anomaly in signal strength in the last quarter mile. It actually got... Stronger as I traveled further from the towers and closer to the site. Could be an effect of microwave parallax. But there's a more exciting option. It could be the mysterious, quote, feedback loop. Dr. Ewan Cameron noted in his radio telemetry lab. Telemetry? I think telemetry. Telemetry. Thank you. My goodness. My stutter was just kicking my ass right (laughs) there. I'm sorry. (laughs) um, The perceived self-inflicted discomfort and mass capitulation enabling the driven believers into becoming projectors, which would be yet another bet I lose and a dinner I'd owe to Jenny Rowland. Note, when transcribing these, please leave out all mentions of Miss Rowland. My mind may be wandering to Levish... 
uh, lascivious places on all this nature. And whatever those owls are doing to each other isn't helping. Thanks. <laughs> now. Oh, those rowdy owls. Uh, uh, Who? Who's your daddy? Who? Obviously, I didn't find this in the game. But when I was sitting here scrolling through this and I was reading through it, I saw that name, Jenny Rowland. And I was like, Jennifer Rowland. Jennifer Rowland. Oh, fuck. She's from the first Outlast game. So <clears throat> I read on. As the story of Outlast 2 progresses, you'll notice that Blake start, slowly starts to lose his mind. His visions of Catholic school and the events surrounding the death of Jessica Gray begin to consume him because of the residual guilt and feeling of being personally responsible for her suicide. In Blake's vision, it's revealed that he and Jessica had some, a somewhat romantic relationship. Blake expresses feelings for Lynn to Jessica. They get caught hanging around late at school by Father... How did you say it? Loudermilk? Yeah. That's how I would have pronounced it, yeah. Loudermilk. I think uh, it's probably like Fata, Fata Lautermilk or something like that, but who fucking cares? Who tells Blake to go home? Jessica asks Blake not to leave and shows concern for being alone with Loudermilk. Uh, despite her pleas, Blake leaves and can hear Jessica screaming. She She's violently assaulted by Loudermilk, and Jessica is devastated that Blake would abandon her when she needed him the most. She later commits suicide by hanging herself. In your visions, the demonic entity you see is Father Loudermilk, because the, this is revealed by the mark above the phantom's right eye, which is the, the exact same spot as the scar on the father's face. But during your playthrough, you'll find a document called Old Traveler sticking out of a sleeping bag by the lake. This entry goes into detail about the source of light that you repeatedly see throughout the game. This, is, this light is the signal emitted from a nearby radio tower and is used for brainwashing slash mind control. Um... In the same document, Jenny Rowland, also known as Jennifer Rowland, the pathologist from Mount Massive Asylum, is mentioned. This reveals that the device is made by the Murkoff Corporation, the very same company behind the MK Ultra program that ravaged Mount Massive Asylum in Outlast 1. Eventually, the prolonged exposure to the signal drives everyone in the village violently insane, causing them to turn on one another and kill each other. As for the ending of Outlast 2, we can only speculate about what happened to Blake and the baby. There you go. So the explanation is that the light was from a tower, and aside from that, yeah. we don't know anything. Yeah, it was like government experiment type shit. But we don't know the full extent. It doesn't just over-explain no, everything yeah. and say, by the way, it was all right, hallucination. No, by. So it kind of holds Very up ambiguous. to what you were saying, Willie, how it didn't like go down too many of these tropes that was actually a breath of fresh air in that regard. Mm. Um, I got I to gotta ask you, Nate, because you saw the brunt of all of it. Like, do you think this game was too graphic? Eh, for me, it kind of was. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. For me, what I like in horror is less of that whole um, torture kind of thing, which I feel like a lot of this comes down to torture and just they, more disturbing imagery rather than just spooks and scares kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. this kind of hits me in a different way. And I think it was a little bit graphic at time but you're asking the guy who's kind of prudish about all this kind of stuff anyway well it, do you think it veered too far to that like the hills have i don't think it was as bad as either direction. of those to be honest i think this was more tastefully done okay. than like hostile or hills have eyes were yeah hostile's okay. just straight torture yeah i hate that thing <laughs> yeah yeah i was just picking two movies one of which was actually a movie and the other one is as you say yeah. torture i do <laughs> not like hills have eyes for various reasons because i think it's a little too graphic at parts um but this is handled better than either of those, I would say. 
Okay. That's like, uh, I've never watched, is it Last House on the Left? That's got the like notoriously brutal rape scene. I couldn't. No, thank you. And I'm yeah. just like, I don't think I just want, I don't know if I want to see that, you know? Just, no, I'm good. Like to the point that like, I, I've heard that the uh, the people that did the scene, like all like were like crying and hugging and apologizing to each other after it was over and shit. Like it was so brutal to, oh, yeah. can't imagine. No, not for me. Not watching that. <laughs> um. So yeah, that kind of wraps up the game kind of our feelings about it and all that y'all want to dive into ratings on it yeah yeah sure i'll, I'll you, you mind if i go first on this one because i'm actually going to not give this game a score and here's my reasoning i think this game has done stuff really expertly like i think there's a lot of care and craftsmanship that went into this game and it went entirely into stuff that i just didn't like personally whatsoever and i feel like trying to rate this game would be like if i was trying to review german scat porn I don't know how to put that on a scale. Fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. Um, for me, I'll say that my bar for horror games has kind of been set kind of recently with when I've been playing Resident Evil 2. And I think a horror game in that vein is a little bit more my speed up my alley. You know, it's it's got the violent aspects, but it's zombies versus humans, stuff like that. It's a little bit easier to deal with in a lot of regards like it doesn't have like the weird psychological sexual torture all that kind of stuff so kind of stuff resonates with me a little bit better i guess <laughs> but all that to say that i think this game handled what it did in a pretty decent way i didn't i got kind of at one point in the game i stopped getting the spooks from it and just got the icks from it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like i stopped like getting scared of anything i was just like oh god gross just yeah, so like, gross for, for those reasons, I, I was going to give this a lower score, but the, a lot of things that you said really kind of resonate with me too, that it did handle this th- a lot of this in much better ways than it could have been expected to, especially with the subverting expectations of going down all the cliches. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. <clears throat> that's fair. It's kind of like, I, I didn't yeah. like it, but I respect that's, that's it. That's where I'm at with seven. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, I didn't beat it, um, but... I like listening to you describe what you went through and the clips that I've seen of it and just like the history that I have with the Outlast series and the fact that PlayStation Access has a playthrough of Dave, who is notoriously a sissy when it comes to horror games, playing through Outlast 2 that I'm going to watch. Nice. Also, very curious if they edited out the birth scene, and I guarantee they did. Yeah, they would have. And I just want to see their, I want to see their faces when they cut from like, whoa, what, what's about to happen, and then they cut to afterwards. I just want to see the three guys' faces, just like, <laughs> or whatever the hell it's gonna be. Like it's gonna be funny, but um, I really respect that they weren't afraid to go there. They're like, we are gonna use this medium to tell this story. They're gonna make it graphic and like they're they're gonna make it disturb you and it was like they did it on purpose but like you said it was tastefully approached even though they went above and beyond showing certain things you know um i guess above and beyond is not the right term but gratuitous but not pornographic yeah. basically yeah i think that's a fair and that's a very fair way to put it gratuitous but not pornographic <laughs> Kind of that, that same vibe you get when you watch HBO TV shows. And you're like, they didn't have to put these there, but there they are. Yeah. And they're always appreciated. <laughs> well, they weren't appreciated in this. No, not in this one. Not in this one. Not fair enough. This is this is like the same thing, but the opposite at the same time. <laughs> they didn't have to put that there, but they did. And I sure yeah. hate it. But uh, the thing about this game that, I mean, they that didn't change from Outlast 1 is that it is tense the entire time you very rarely have it like where you feel like you can go 
<sighs> okay. Like, that's why you guys saw me just pause the game randomly when I would get yeah. freaked out. I'd pause it so I could go <sighs> and then pause back in and then keep going and deal with it. Like, cause it was just, I needed a breath because like, I am just always on edge. And like you said, that might've waned for you a bit towards the end when you were like, all right, I just want to see the end. Yeah. But, but like, I like psychological horror. Um, I like, I don't like jump scares all that much. Although like when they're, when they're again, tastefully done, well, as we'll say, and they're not overused, you know, it's like, I don't know how I'll feel about five nights at Freddy's. Cause I know that that game is all jump scares, you know, but, um, I don't know. Like, so I'm, a long roundabout way of me saying, I think I'm going to agree with you and throw it a seven. Okay. Um, I think it earned, it earned my respect for it accomplished what it was aiming to get across. Even if it disturbed the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, right. I dig it. So let's change the energy in the room a little bit. How's that sound, guys? Yeah, man. So, so I think ultimately what I would say is I, this, I, would, I don't know who I would recommend this game to, but there are yeah. different people it's for. Yeah. <laughs> Just I don't know those people personally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I ever meet somebody who's into like disturbing movies, I'd be like, have you ever played Outlast? Because yeah. <laughs> Outlast 1 is just as disturbing, just in a different way. Um, so would you like to do fan questions first or would you like to do the list first? I think we go with the questions. Like, here's the mail. Okay. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my okay. tail. When it comes, I want to get whale. Mail. Mail. <laughs> All right. So our first question comes in from Kana, who asks, who was your first waifu? <laughs> first waifu? I'm not going to read like it an that way. To me, it's going to be the first person I ever, first fictional crush fictional ever had, crush. which was the Pink Ranger. Oh, that's strong. Actually, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll go waifu. I'll go anime. Nice. I'll, I'll say Sailor Mercury. To the shock. The gadget for people <laughs> who don't like mice. Uh, to the shock of absolutely no one, mine's probably Lara Croft. Nice. Fair enough. And followed really, really closely by the Pink Ranger. <laughs> Straight <laughs> um, up. Like Kimberly. Mm. If, the, if, that if was I'm going to go with my video, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, oh, I also had a thing for Nina from Tekken. The tight bodysuit, long blonde okay. hair. That was just something about nice. it. Nice. Um, Next one comes in from the villain himself, oh, Jeremy. Shit. What what movies what you got, creeped you out the most as a kid or young adult? Oh, that's a good question. I think Nate, we're going to have a lot of overlapping ones because I think there were some weird ones that we had very strong reactions to that weren't supposed to be horror per se. And I feel like that's the real okay, So the one, one that freaked me the hell out when I was a kid, there's this movie called The Last Unicorn. Don Bluth joint, if I yeah. remember correctly. And there was this bull that just scared the ever-living hell out of me when I was a little kid. Like, I'd want to watch the movie because I'd want to see it. But I was going to not sleep very well after I watched that movie. <laughs> That's what's up. I, I've, I've never seen that. Um, is it like a, a cartoon? Yeah. Or is it... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Rankin-Bass cartoon that they did in combination with Japanese movie makers. So it's kind of mm. anime style. Oh, that's cool. Like, I haven't seen this one personally, but my, but I've played the video game on the Nintendo a lot. But one that my wife says freaked her the hell out when she was a kid was Little Nemo in Slumberland. I didn't know that that was a thing. It was it was also a Japanese animated film. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many things. I, I want to go watch. with 
I know this scene was meant to be disturbing, but I just happened to stumble in while my parents were watching it on TV, and it absolutely stuck with me forever and ever and ever, is that they were watching Terminator 2, and I just happened to stumble into the room right when the nuclear holocaust nightmare was happening, and seeing Linda Hamilton just grab that fence, shake it, and turn into a skeleton as all of her flesh burned away, and she's just screaming and wailing, and oh, that was really something. I think it helps the contrast of it being set on a playground, that's just... That's a really bad yeah. thing to do to a kid. So I I have three standouts in my mind. I'll try to run through them semi-quickly. So the first one that I have in a me- is a memory of when I lived in Jacksonville. I was over at my grandparents' house, and they had a next-door neighbor who uh, had a kid named Gage. And I went over there, and we watched Pet Cemetery. Now, I was oh. probably seven, eight. Yikes. Maybe. That's a little young for Stephen King, my guy. Bro, you're telling me. Like, I was, like, ready to go over there and watch maybe Jurassic Park or something like that. If Jurassic Park was even out. I don't remember when Jurassic Park came out. Probably when I was young. I, I don't know. <laughs> but so we watched Pet Cemetery. Now, keep in mind, in Pet Cemetery, what was the name of the baby that got ran over and killed and came back? His name was Gage. So I'm hanging out with this kid named Gage watching this movie with this fucking kid named Gage. Who comes back and bites the throat out of a motherfucker. And uh, so what does Gage, the dude, the kid I'm hanging with, because he's a little older than I am. What does he decide to do? He decides to go into the kitchen and get a knife and just start walking towards me and like and like and like stabbing <laughs> at the air at me with this knife. And uh, and people wonder, like, why I'm so weird. I've been traumatized by things. <laughs> OK, it's like this motherfucker. So. <clears throat> I ended up freaking out and crying and uh, running home to my grandparents' house. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the first one that jumps out to me. The second one, my dad wanting to have a bonding moment with his son was like, let's watch some Twilight Zone. Okay, sure. Cool. And he puts on one of his favorite episodes and it's uh, The Eye of the Beholder. Or Beauty is in the Eye of the Beholder or something like that. <coughs> and the whole episode is about these doctors and stuff and it's about this woman with her face all wrapped up. And they're talking about how horribly disfigured and ugly she is and that no surgery could help her, yada, yada, yada. And at the very end of the episode, they unwrap. And again, I'm like eight, when I, maybe younger, maybe six. I like unwrap this lady's face and she is fucking beautiful. And then the camera turns to all the doctors and nurses in the room and they all have pig faces. They're like these weird pig human amalgamation things. And it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> And my dad felt so bad that he stayed up all night watching cartoons on Boomerang <laughs> to make me feel better. Because it's like I Aww. was fucking terrified of pig people funny. for a little bit. Um, and then the third one that jumps out to me at my buddy Kevin's house and his brother Jake. This is the kind of guy Jake was. Okay, He had a picture in his little RV that he stayed in out in the front yard of a hand that had been bitten by a brown recluse. And this uh, whole section of like where your thumb and forefinger are at. Uh, was just eaten away with necrosis. And that was just the kind of dude he was. And me and Kevin uh, were watching some wrestling. And then he he goes, you guys want to watch something awesome? Let's watch X-Files. Okay, sure. So what episode does he put on? The Peacock family one. The one with the inbred family, right? The wor- the one the worst fucking episode. The scariest yeah. episode. The freakiest episode of X-Files. He puts that on. And I ended up calling my parents in the middle of the night to come pick me up because I couldn't sleep. I was just like, nope. It scared the fuck out of yeah. me. And to this day, you couldn't have put on the one where Boulder stakes a vampire, could you? <laughs> like, or any of the like the yeah the campy ones, like the, 
<laughs> no, he went with the brutal one that only got shown on TV one time. And uh, you know what, though? In Anytime I've watched through X-Files since, I skipped that episode. Fair. I don't yeah. watch it. It just it freaked me out so bad as a kid. I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to watch that again. The way that they, they had their mom on the rolly thing and kept her under the, the thing and the oh, the oh, God. Yeah, let's move on. What's the next question? All right, do you guys have any no, more? I'm good. Sorry. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <sighs> you had a hundred of them. We just we just wanted to go with one each. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be talking about how the pirates from the Garfield Halloween special unreasonably True. scared us. <laughs> but that'd have been funny to hear. Though. That's awesome. All right, that's the whole story. There's no more story. <laughs> this next question is from Jeff. If one of your favorite games was turned into a horror game, which has the best chance to be awesome? Zombie punch out. Zombie Dude, punch hell out. Hell yeah. Imagine a Halloween zombie or a Halloween punch out. The final boss is Punch Dracula or whatever, yeah, that's man. That's awesome, actually. Okay, hear me out. This one's going to sound like I'm trolling, but I'm not. I am going to say Castlevania. Say Castlevania, this piece of shit. You but piece think of shit. about it. A Castlevania game, an actual 3D Castlevania game where you're playing a Simon Belmont, right? But the monsters are actually scary. Like, it's not like you're going up and facing these zombies that you whip once and they die. It's like, it's better to avoid them, hide from them, and eventually do have boss fights, but more like in the style of a Resident Evil or something like that, where you're actually having to have concern for your life. (laughs) Like, I think you could actually be really sick. They're creating like a deep power fantasized like Castlevania where it's like Castlevania meets Simon actually has to be smart instead of just using the brute force of the Holy Cross to beat everything. Okay. So hear me out. A game in the style of The Witcher 3, but you play as Van Helsing. Nice. That would be dope. Okay. And then you're having to. I feel like you've just offered the exact opposite of Nathan here. (laughs) But like just go in and you're just fucking like slaughtering. Like having to go and hunt down, like you get contracts for these monsters, you know, and having to go and it might be a werewolf or something. So, I mean, things that you would also see in The Witcher, but like, I don't know, it'd just be cool roaming around London instead of Poland. It, it genuinely sounds like you're pitching a video game adaptation yeah. of the movie Van Helsing. <laughs> Which I'm down. Yeah, and there have, there have been Van Helsing games, but... No, I'm, that, yeah, I could see it I working. I think that the, that could be a cool... Yeah. Um, I was going to say like a horror version of The Witcher, but then I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, that's kind of like Bloodborne. But a Monster Hunter version of The Witcher, where you're like, yeah, yeah specifically like a Victoria. We're still kind of That's bloodborning good. a little yeah. bit, but still. More, sto- more story. It's not bad to be bloodborne, <laughs> y'all. Okay. Our next question comes from Jeff. Have you ever been so scared you pissed yourself? No. No, is that a real thing? I thought that was like a sitcom I have thing. pissed myself before, but it wasn't because I was scared. There we go. <laughs> good enough. Um, this one's from Jeff. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Ooh. Fun size Butterfingers. Mm, okay, I'm more of a fun size Three Musketeers guy myself. Got to have that nougat, baby. Also like a Twix. Twix is good. Reese's is good. Miniature. I was gonna say miniature Reese's, and you mash like Hell six yeah. of them in your mouth at once, baby. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's my answer. All right, this one's from Jeff. What video game character would you love to have a drink with? Hmm. Lara Croft. <laughs> Lara Croft, and not even because like I want to like oh I want to go on a date with her. I would love to sit with that woman and have a whiskey and hear the stories of the things that she's seen and been through and the tombs she's explored and stuff. I think that'd be really cool. Um, for me, it would be Mario because I want to peer pressure him into getting drunk and seeing what kind of stupid shit we could get into. <laughs> 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 
It's a me, Maru. <laughs> Mario, Mario, we got you. You've had too much. What are you saying? Let's go. <laughs> you know that Luigi's a real fucker. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, actually, in a similar vein of, I just spit the stories. Are oh, amazing, Bayonetta. <laughs> Hell yeah, have like a martini i feel like she's a martini lady she does seem like she'd have something classy she'd be a red wine or martini drinker this one's a very similar question from fenris though if you could bring any character video game character to life and spend one day with them who and why it can be the same answer dalton (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm thinking like there's there's a few like like part of me wants to say like snake but then i'm like what the fuck would we talk what would you guys do together (laughs) yeah like what would we do I want to send Kiryu on a ridiculous quest. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to bring two to life. I want to go hunting demons with the Doom Slayer and Isabel. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, as a squad. Yeah, roll up. That's what I want. Uh, Rip and tear. (laughs) I'm going to kind of cheat. I just cheated like crazy, Dalton. It's okay. Well, that's, that's fair. That's fair. So, um... I'm going to bring to life my favorite Skyrim mod follower, Inigo. Nice. Okay. The blue. You've mentioned Inigo. Yeah, He's like Khajiit. Khajiit, right? He's cool as hell. And I would like to just bring him to life and hang out with him for a day. Sweet. I'm down. Yep. I don't think modding is cheating. All right. Dwilly, did you say one? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Kiri, that'd be Kiri. so cool. <laughs> All right. The final mailbag question we have this week is from Fenris. If you could have one Pokemon come to life to be your forever friend, who what and why? If either you say Gardevoir <laughs> or Lopani, cops <laughs> or Lopani. I'm not sure if I know who either of them are. So good, you're not that furries. <laughs> basically, <laughs> they're the ones that people yeah. think kind of look like sexy ladies. Uh, oh, okay. Um, for me, I've heard that mentioned. Before. For me, it's an easy one. I've loved this Pokemon since day one. He's number one in the first game, Bulbasaur. Uh, just tell me Bulbasaur wouldn't be like the most loyal best dog boy like he's just so cute and perfect I want a Bulbasaur I'm a sleepy boy and uh, I don't want my dreams eaten so I'm not going to get like drowsy or anything like that I enjoy my dreams so I'm going to get the Pokemon that would most likely be the best snuggle buddy and that is Snorlax you climb up onto Snorlax that's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah yeah just, mm, just lay on him. I want to get that thing that's like a beanbag and it's like a, supposed to be like a life-size Snorlax where it's like six foot. It's like a six foot beanbag nice. thing. Just this big fat fucking thing you can sit on. It'd be great. But, I want the Meowth from the cartoon. Dude, that's Team so Rocket's good. Meowth. <laughs> good, yeah, because you could actually like have conversations with him and shit. Plus he'd always be getting me into yeah. trouble so I would never be bored. <laughs> right, that was... Hey, Willie, <laughs> what do you think we eat this food we picked up from the order this time? <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, sorry. I'm getting sleepy here. That was the last question. All right, gentlemen. Quickly, we'll run through the best horror games available on PC in 2022. Who's this list from? It's from PCGamesIn.com. So I think we've used it before. Ah, Um, So first up on this list. uh, Well, actually, I'm going to each of you have a guess as to like what game might be on here. Just give one guess. Resident Evil 2. I feel like Amnesia's. Amnesia is so obvious, I almost feel like I shouldn't be able to okay, say so it. Amnesia and Resident Evil 2? Yep. Okay. First up, Phasmophobia. Oh, hell yeah. 
Yeah. We all know. Don't got to read the whole thing about it. We all know about phasmophobia. Next up. We've been know about phasmophobia. <sighs> Dead by Daylight. Nice. Okay. That seems reasonable. Multiplayer yeah, experience. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, got all the monsters you love. Up next, though, Metro Exodus. Don't know that one. So, <clears throat> I've heard of the Metro series. I don't know what the deal about Exodus is. So I'll run through this quickly then. Metro Exodus is a number of games packed into one inviting post-apocalyptic slice of Russia. It is a story-focused family drama as much as it is a Wolfenstein-esque heavy metal scored first-person shooter. However, there are plenty of spine-tingling horror game sequences creeping in route to the climactic Metro Exodus ending. 4A Games' irradiated outing allows you to choose whether you want <clears throat> Artyom's adventure to be a guns blazing assault or a stealthy affair shrouded in darkness thanks to the game's day and night mechanic but if you choose to sleep to the daylight hours to creep upon your opponents in pitch darkness darkness then expect a much scarier experience human enemies might be on the back foot but the chill of the howling watchman or the charge of a human human animal Humanity. is excruciatingly unsettling um this is a game that is most terrifying when it changes the rules early stages of the game teach you to extinguish light and master the shadows. Then, in the spider-infested bunkers beneath the Caspian Sea, it becomes your weapon. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds tight, actually. Yeah, the Metro games are—they're interesting. They're like Fallout in Russia. Nice, but they're yeah. uh, less janky. Than, <laughs> but that's yeah. Uh, up next, a game that I think all three of us would like to play at some point: Resident Evil Village. Yep, I'm 100 down to play Village. that. Yeah. It never gets any easier for Resident Evil Village's main protagonist, Ethan Winters. We first meet Ethan in Resident Evil 7 when his long-lost wife mysteriously makes contact and he sets out to find her, leading him to the creepy bayou cabin and a nasty run-in with unsavory residents, the Baker family. Yeah. And I won't read the rest of that for fear of spoilers for anybody who hasn't played Resident Evil 7, but Village looks Village awesome. Village does look awesome. And this says it also perhaps has the scariest moment in the series to date. Sweet. But I know cool. what they're talking about because I saw PlayStation Access play that part. I think I might know which one it is, too. <laughs> uh, up next is a game that I actually got in a mystery key bundle once. Like, just uh, got a good one. The Evil Within 2. <clears throat> okay. The best horror games keep you up at night. By that metric, The Evil Within 2 screams itself to the top. You will certainly struggle to get sleep after you have seen a pile of severed bodies skittered across the floor assemble themselves into a form of pale, fleshy mass of limbs with several faces, all of them laughing at you with a buzzsaw in place of a right arm. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. Underneath the whip-smart enemy level design, uh, <clears throat> Evil Within Two stays with its horror troop, horror survival roots always pitting you against one or more crazed enemies that have... Or more... more son of a bitch. Always pitting you against one more crazed enemy that you have bullets for. Then, fuck it. It's good. This, that was not a well-written paragraph, and I'm just I'm over it. Next up, Ice, Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot about that game. Like, it seems okay. awesome. Yep, yep. This is the scary alien game. Yeah. yeah, and I always thought it was cool that they integrated, uh, like, if your microphone's yeah. on, the motherfucker can hear you. Oh, like yeah. The, you breathe too loud, and it's like, and it's like, oh, God. I feel like that worked really well for Phasmophobia, and I'd like to see mm -hmm. it done more directly in a game, for sure. Up next is uh, Condemned Criminal Origins. Like your horror games unflinchingly violent and heart-grippingly tense, Monolith's Condemned Criminal Origins is an accomplished and effortless first-person frightener worth seeking out despite its decade-old graphics. Here is a homeless person fighting simulator in which you play the role of nocturnal crime scene investigator and human punching bag Ethan Thomas. What's up with people named Ethan? <laughs> Lots of Ethans, yeah. Most 
That's Ethan number three, at least this Most episode. remarkable for its lack of guns. You're right, it is. Condemned Criminal Origins is proper flashlight horror, with terrifying, unwashed men leaping out at you from around corners and shadows. Coming out of a brawl alive means carefully timing your punches and patiently blocking your opponent's attacks. And in encounters with multiple enemies, your best option is often to run. No, I'm just going to web <laughs> one up and fight the other one. Uh, the next one is called Darkwood. Have either of you ever heard of this? Nope, can't say I have. So, <clears throat> sound does not get enough credit in horror games, and if you ever need a reminder of how powerful a simple scratching noise or a distant knock can be, seek out one of the best indie games to delve into the horror genre, Darkwood. This is a top-down horror game about a mysterious man cooking mushrooms in a house right in the middle of a plague-infested forest. Uh, when it's light outside, you're free to roam around the festering woods, fighting off rabbit dogs, collecting resources, trying to figure out who you are and how you ended up here. But by night, however, your only option is to get back to your house and wait for the horrors of night to pass you by. You can load up your generator and fuel to ward off enemies and barricade windows to hide yourself, set traps as a last line of defense, but they are coming for you, no matter how well you have prepared. Ooh. Yeah, sounds interesting. So that sounds, sounds spooky. spooky. Uh, up next is System Shock 2. Okay, yeah, that that's old school, but definitely deserves to be mentioned if you're going to be doing PC games. Yeah, it says uh, System Shock 2 kicked a particular flavor of first-person survival horror games into gear. It boasts an open-ended structure with an endless maze of decks and quarters that promote exploration and discovery. It's a lot like being stuck in a haunted John Lu- uh, yeah, in a haunted John Lewis, except with psychic death, mon- death monkeys. <laughs> psychic death monkeys. What in the fuck is that? It's pretty much what it sounds like. They're evil psychic monkeys. And then uh, I remember the the enemy in that game is the uh, Shodan, right? The Shodan. AI. Yeah. Look at you, hacker. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, that was that was Glados before we had Glados. Yeah. Um, up next, Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Ah, there it is. Easy pick. I mean, that game gets so much. If you'd love. like to hear more about that? See episode about it. Yeah. Up next, Outlast One. Nice. Employing the found footage style of contemporary horror cinema, Outlast is a first-person exploration game set inside an abandoned psychiatric hospital. Like all abandoned psychiatric hospitals and horror games, this one is populated by a cast of deranged patients and cruel staff whom you must avoid in order to survive with all of your guts still inside your body. These tropes might as well or might be well and truly covered in cinema, but horror games can make the most out of these cliches, and Outlast is the proof. Um, your camera's batteries only last a few minutes, so it's a small mercy that the hospital you're exploring is full of batteries. Well, damn, I guess I just wasn't looking hard <laughs> enough when I played Get good uh, up next is a game that I actually got recently, uh, Dead Space. Nice, yeah, that game looks cool. Yes, okay. And people, yeah. we all know about Dead Space. Like it does, it's, it's fucking does look cool. It's triple A title had a lot of press. We know this one. Here's one I've never heard of. Um, How many are there? Stories untold. Um, let's see. There are. I thought this was a top twelve, more. right? Okay. Yeah. Let's see. One, two, three. Yeah. Three. Okay. There's three. Um, stories untold. Um, Stories Untold is a fiendishly imaginative package of four small horror experiences, each one told using a different piece of retro tech as the main vehicle for its twisted tales. This already sounds cool. The opening episode plonks you in front of a chunky old CRT monitor playing a horror text adventure called The House Abandoned. Yes, I'm already on board. (laughs) It's not long before the environment around you begins to mirror that of the story that you're reading as the lights begin to flicker, mysterious studs go unchecked, and imagined noises keep you pinned to the screen in anticipation of a jump scare that never comes. This That sounds this, really awesome, this actually. This pace sets stories untold apart from most other horror games in its four-episode care. More about mood and atmosphere than cheap thrills. Um, 
from a menacing thriller that's revealed via the process of decoding radio transmissions to an elaborate sci-fi yarn that is, sees you carrying out an experiment on a mysterious artifact using a host of machines and contraptions. While each episode feels separate, they're tied together in subtle ways, and the final act delivers a twist so punchy it would leave M. Night Shyamalan reeling. Okay, so it all comes together in. You said this is called Untold Stories? Oh, it's called Stories Untold. Stories Untold. Okay, you've just put this on my radar. This might be something I'll look into in sometime in the near future. Maybe in next For year sure. one, even. For um, Halloween. Up next, Little Nightmares. Nice. And okay. we know about that one. <clears throat> so, this last one. There's a few more after this one, but I'm going to stop on this one, because this is one that has always intrigued me. Inside. You guys ever heard of this? Seen this? Have you heard about this? Similar to Little Nightmares, our protagonist must escape a dark world where he is hunted and alone. Moving through deadly obstacles and avoiding detection, using mind control helmet, he can control the hapless, unwitting crowds of people found huddled throughout. To help him, he moves objects and solves puzzles. Uh, you'll also probably die a lot, like its predecessor Limbo. And all of the ways that you can die are graphic and merciless before the screen fades to black. Inside's art style uses monochromatic backdrops and sporadic flashes of color to create a truly unsettling experience, along with the sparing use of sound and ambient light. This sinister, narrative-driven platform is a horrifyingly haunted ride. And I do want to give one shout-out that uh, Doom 3 is on this list later on. (laughs) (laughs) Willie's like, man, fuck that game. (laughs) Nah, I I, I understand. It's definitely the horror game of the series. Uh, Yeah, for sure. All right, then, gentlemen, I believe that about does it, right? So let's go through the house cleaning. Clean that house. All right. If you would, please go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be absolutely wonderful, and we would very, very much appreciate it. And Give us a thumbs up on Spotify. That'd be cool, too. Uh, if you want to join the Discord, which we definitely recommend that you do. It's popping in there these days. I can't believe that when I hit at everyone, it warns me that it's 70-plus people. That just blows my mind. Uh, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. If you would like to check out our website, it's bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. If you'd like to join our Patreon and become one of our Patreon members, it is patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast with a special shout out to these people who donate $10 or more. Nate, Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables, Old Jeffy Lube, the grumpy old man himself, Jeff. Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, who is now under the umbrella of TSMP Productions. Welcome to the family, my brother. Uh, James, the Steam Machine Hall, Monitor Hall, and Team Retro, go check him out on YouTube. Yeah, big shout outs to Adam for joining the network, as it were, and being part of the bigger TSMP fam. Yeah, what's, what's amazing to me is that like it was really just something that I just called the overhang of the three shows that i'm part of and then when he was like do you mind and i was like oh my god it's actually a thing now yes absolutely come <laughs> join like I've, I've thought about asking him if he wanted to i just thought that that might be a weird question to ask him so when he approached me about it i was like oh yay yes absolutely yeah. um shout out the as pod yet another bs podcast weekly podcast that i do with my buddy jeremy where we shoot the shit for a couple hours and uh well i say a couple uh sometimes more than a couple and just answer questions that people ask us mostly these days. We get a lot of questions on that show. Um, <clears throat> shout out to the JRPG Report, your weekly JRPG news report. Um, I did take last week off because, you know, the hurricane. So I'll be back this week with some more JRPG news. If you want a shirt, tsmpproductions.threadless.com. And finally, if you like the show music and you want to hear more of my music, go check it out, nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com. Nate, do you have anything you would like to plug, No. Sir? Willie, do you have anything you would like to plug, sir? Um, 
It's probably flu shot season. Go it get is one flu those. shot season. You can get them at Walgreens. On that note, what are we playing next? Is it Monster Prom? Monster Prom. And we will be yes. joined by one Paul Korn. Hell yeah. So looking forward to that. If, you know, hopefully schedules keep aligning and everything. But like, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to be, I'll, we'll be streaming at some point uh, in the Discord. I think Friday. Did we decide on Friday at some point? I think that's the plan, yeah. I think. All right. So at some point on Friday, we'll be streaming that in the Discord. Hope you all come and join. Check it out. Chat. Have a good time. We love you all. Till the next time, the Destructor Bros. I'm Dalton, as always, guys. Take it easy. Bye.